I'm Louise Anderson from Flex Legal, and you're listening to a very special episode of Humans of Law. In this episode, we're joined by our first ever multi-guest panel, consisting of Daniel Onafua, Hattie Rawlings, and Rihanna Assi. They're all remarkable aspiring solicitors who are trying to navigate their way into the legal industry, despite the challenges and setbacks of the last few years. We discuss the different paths they are each taking, and how they have responded to the challenges they faced along the way. We then finish by briefly talking about the SQE and offering some words of wisdom to other young people considering life and the law. It's a really inspiring discussion and I can't wait for you to hear it. Well, guys, thank you for thank you very much for joining uh, this podcast this evening. Um, I think let's just start with some introductions. So, Hattie, could you please start? Tell us a little bit about yourself um, and where you're up to on your legal journey. Sure. Um, well, thank you for having us, firstly. Uh, so I'm Hattie. I am currently studying um, on the LPC at BPP in London. And I graduated a couple of years ago in 2020. Uh, I did a history degree at Birmingham. So it was kind of only, only a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago now that I decided law was something I really wanted to do and then after yeah after university I, I did the GDL um, at BPP in Leeds uh, but that was in the middle of the pandemic so there were lots of interesting things going on there um, and yeah that's that's a bit about me. <laughs> Fab thank you Hattie and you're working at the moment is that right? Oh, I've actually just stopped working as a paralegal in order to do the LPC full time. Um, so I kind of finished the GDL in April and then did like four months working. Real. Okay. Uh, Daniel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you so much for having us all today. Um, so hello, everyone. My name is Daniel. I'm a recent uh, graduate at Cardiff University. I finished my law degree last year. Um, so I've always been intertwined with the law I say ever since my sixth form and that's where the passion really grew. Um, I recently started a job about a year ago at the Independent Monitoring Authority which is based in Swansea but because of the magic of remote working I get to stay in the lovely Cardiff and that's where I've been ever since. Great thank you Daniel and Rihanna where are you up to? Um, so hi everyone, um, it's a pleasure to be here today. Um, so I have had a little bit of a different journey. So I graduated in 2019 from the University of Manchester um, with a law degree. Um, and then after that, I kind of tried to go traveling, but the pandemic hit, but it, it led me to get some paralegal experience with Flex originally. Um, from then I have moved on to a different firm based in London. So I'm currently at Taylor Wessing, um, and it's great. Yeah, love it. Great. And all three of you have gone slightly different routes and ways, and you're at different points in the journey, um, but you all want to be solicitors. Um, so could you just tell me a little bit about, you know, your dream job in the future, sort of your, a bit more of your career plans and where within the law do your passions lie? Um, we'll go reverse order this time. So, uh, Rihanna, we'll start with you. Yeah. So, I think this is a a big question because I think as as I've started getting more experience, it's kind of um, opened my mind to where I want to be and what I want want to do. Um, I originally did a 
intellectual property module at university. Um, so I immediately kind of fell in love with that area. Um, and that's where I'm working as a paralegal at the moment in the EIP department. Um, and I do really like it. So the dream is to hopefully qualify, um, probably go down the SQE route um, very soon. And then, I don't know, probably stick it out at Taylor Wessing, um, get as much experience as I can. It's a great firm. Um, one day, I think I'd like to explore the in-house route as well, maybe work in-house at a fashion or music company, um, you know, mix some of my passions with my legal ambitions too. So, yeah, that would, that would be really fun. And hopefully, in, you know, the next five to ten years, we'll get there. Great. And um, Daniel, I can see you've got some musical instruments in the background. Um, I'm about to say, Rihanna, hook me up, honestly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, we get that together. Yeah. Um, Daniel, are you planning to merge your passion for music with law? I've actually never thought about because I'm sure some of us can relate. You know how you want, you have your work life and you have your extracurricular time, and law is competitive as it is. And you know how much dedication you have to put to the profession where you feel like, this is the end or be all. I have to put all of it. So you kind of like lose the forest before the trees and you lose your passions within it. But I find it really awesome how there's industries where you can provide your legal services in the music industry and actually be able to create something that I've had exposure to, but something that is worth pursuing. But definitely it's important to not, you have to bring your full self to work. And being a lawyer is not just knowing the law. It's actually all the elements about you, like who, how you grew up, like what personality you have, what, or extra volunteering and like likes and interests make you the person you are and that affects the decision making and how you navigate through the world so that's definitely something i'm definitely looking into great uh hattie what uh instrument are you going to play in this band oh my god <laughs> unfortunately i'm not quite as musically gifted i'm um i'm more of a sports sports woman so oh. yeah i know i know but i never really even thought that the sport like sport and the law kind of mixed until I started looking at job applications and realized that quite a lot of these firms actually do sports law and stuff mm -hmm. and I was just I just thought god it'd be so cool to meet all these like all these sports people that I've admired for such a long time but um I you know when I was working as a paralegal it was kind of at a small at a like local high street firm and they did like a whole range of things family probates um you know, commercial property, that all that sort of stuff. But it was actually the litigation stuff that I've enjoyed the most and the disputes. Um, I think partially helped by my dad because he's a dispute resolution lawyer as well. So that's that's kind of the route that I'm interested in at the moment, actually. And Interesting that you mentioned um, family. Um, I think law is one of those professions that can run a little bit in the blood. You know, family yeah. <laughs> firms being handed down through generations or, you know, very much like my parents did it, so I want to do it. Was that something you felt growing up, Hattie? Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't know about anyone else, but my dad tried quite hard when we were younger to steer mm. us away from it, um, <laughs> which is quite funny to talk about now. So all our family friends are kind of shocked that this is what I'm doing. Um, but... As soon as he realized that that was something that I wanted to do, he was, you know, 100 percent backing me and he's been he's been amazing. Um, but he always said, you know, there are other professions. If this is what you want to do, then great. But don't just don't start with the law. Uh, I think that's kind of why I 
did history at university as well because it was something that I enjoyed mm. um but I do I have met a lot of people that are involved in the law because it's a family thing or it's just kind of what they know mm. mm-hmm. and it's really interesting because part of it must be like genetics and or, or just being around it all the time just having my dad come home and you know obviously confidentiality and stuff so they're not able to talk about cases but just being able to discuss what like what his life is like I always found it really interesting and now doing the LPC we're you know I'm talking about cases that he one of the cases he worked on which I found oh. absolutely fascinating so I come home and I'm like dad we're doing litigation privilege this is all your stuff oh, that's so cool but so you see like your dad's name in a yeah, textbook and not his name but his firm and I'll come home and we get to discuss it and it's I don't know I just it's something that makes me really proud and Aww. makes me want to do makes me want to learn more about yeah, it that's actually. really cool cool data work yeah definitely can I ask how did you eventually you know get to the decision that you wanted to do law from doing a history degree yeah and like make that jump yeah I actually I did a um module we were allowed to do a module like outside of our kind of timetabled study mm-hmm. and I chose to do a law module just because I was quite interested in in it um it was that was psychology and I was given the law module mm. and yeah that was probably what kind of started it for me I was just fascinated and didn't realize that the law wasn't just like you know disputes like my dad did it was kind of everything there was nothing that you do that doesn't involve some aspect of you know contract or or commercial property or there's you know it's just all around us and I think that's mm. what interested me the most and Rihanna and Daniel if you've got family members or role models that might have influenced your decision to go into the law I have not so I haven't really got anyone close to me that is in the law already I guess my kind of ambition to become a lawyer started when I was a really young girl um I'm a twin so I don't know so basically I always used to get asked like what do you want to be when you're older and we used to watch you know uh, judge john deed being one of my favorite programs <laughs> at six years old <laughs> and i thought you know what i kind of like this um so from as young as six i've always kind of stuck by it saying i want to be a lawyer without really understanding what being a lawyer meant my sister would always change her mind she wanted to be a forensic scientist um Britain's next top model and um, but mine was always a lawyer and then I guess as I started you know studying um I like analyzing big chunks of information making links so then I took the plunge and did a degree and yeah I loved it and it it really it's, it's like what Hattie said it really opened my eyes to how much the law interacts with different industries and sectors and it can be in anything and you can mix those passions outside of your professional life um, to really get the right balance for you, which is, I really like it. It's, every day is different. So yeah, it gives you so much exposure to do what you want to do and also, you know, mix your academic abilities with um, personal mm. interests. Yeah, I actually 100% agree with that right now. I feel like the little sisters are actually kind of the same to be honest. Like, I remember coming up from school, <laughs> my sister was like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a fashion designer. I'm going to take over the world. I was like, okay, damn, okay. Right, <laughs> but like, I, want, I didn't come out of the womb knowing I actually wanted to go into the law. I didn't really know what I wanted to be growing up, really. I just know who I wanted to be, you know, like having keeping to my, my values on my core and just 
being myself and not letting that change no matter what environment I was in. And my mom raised me with the belief that like, if you have the power, time and ability to help someone then choose to be a blessing in those people's lives. And I thought, mm-hmm. I used to do lots of volunteering and things like that. And I wanted to do something that had a positive difference in the welfare of their lives that was longstanding and had a really big impact. And when I actually got legal work experience for the first time and realizing, oh snap, like working with these clients on these big projects that last all these months, you can actually see the development from the start to the finish and seeing the end game, you know? And that's something that I really cherished and I really found very enjoyable. You found out the law wasn't black letter, it was actually colorful, like you said, Hattie, like mm-hmm. sports laws, a suit scripts, like dude, there's so many different ventures to it, you know? And I, that's just something I loved, you know? Mm-hmm. I love what you just said then, um, that it's not black and white, it's not black letter, it's actually really colorful. I think that describes it quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, because like we've said it, it's so different every single day and you can go into so many different avenues and oh it's just yeah there's so much to do and so much to explore there's so much exposure and I guess you get to work with such cool clients um with businesses you get to help businesses start to grow you help to get to um, help individuals so yeah really I think it really makes a positive impact as well yeah I completely agree and I think I didn't pro- I probably didn't quite realize it to the extent that it is until I did like legal work experience. I'm sure, I don't know if you guys found the same, but there's only so, you know, you can read about it, but it's actually the involvement that you have and the kind of relationship that you develop with clients. And that's what made me realize how widespread and diverse it really is. Mm-hmm. So nice to hear all of your passions and enthusiasm. Um, because, uh, you know, <laughs> at, at Flex, as you know, you know, we, speak to lots of law graduates every day and we understand more than more than some other people how competitive it is um and how resilient you need to be and how determined you need to be to get through this process to be um to be as a, a lawyer i think the sra have said the average age to qualify is now 29 or 30 depending on your gender is it oh my god it's so late to start Oof. your career um yeah no, 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 guys will be I mean, have you ever experienced a bit of a, a kind of a darker day where you think, oh, this is too hard or, you know, I'm not sure. And if you have, how do you pull yourself out of that hole and keep yourself really motivated and focused on the goal? I mean, I definitely have. Um, oh, it's, it, it, it does get you down. And I think you definitely have to be resilient when, if you're going to enter a career in law. I mean, I did um, the law degree, obviously. Um, and even that, it was rigorous. It's, you have to kind of sit there, you have to pay attention and consume so much knowledge. And I remember my first setback was probably my final exams. I was quite poorly. And my exams started the next day and I thought, right, they've given me the option to either graduate late, all the work I've put in so far is going to be not wasted, but put on hold. Um, And I thought this is the first test. This is what it's going to be like. So, you know, just give it, I thought, give it my best shot, see how it goes um, and then go from there. But just keeping a positive mindset of remembering how much, 
how much time and effort you've already dedicated you know I went and did them did really well I was really pleased and then I guess following from that was (laughs) when it really started the applications and this I think (laughs) (laughs) it is not it's not great is it um yeah the application processes for all of law firms any law firms are so hard and long and they vary and you have to get the technique right and there is a particular way to do them so it's finding that knack and then hopefully being able to adapt it to the firms that you want um obviously I've received so I've received so many rejections and each time you submit an application you kind of think this is the one this is the one and then you get that rejection and you think okay it wasn't meant for me I just have to keep going keep persevering um and I guess finally the other thing I graduated and you know, the months following was the pandemic. Everyone was looking for work experience and it dried up so much. And I guess that's where Flex came in for me. And they were, you you guys were a huge help um, for me finding, it really launched my career. It got me my first, like I could say, real job in, in the legal industry at a great firm. I had great exposure. Um, and it kind of showed me as well, like my hard work does pay off. It, you just have to keep remember you I think my motto is you always get it done if you keep your head straight and manifest it and keep working hard you will get there and that's something that's always got me through for all of those journeys from u- university to now and I think it will continue to do so in the future what what is meant to be will be if you keep focused yeah absolutely I, I completely agree and <laughs> I'm kind of in application another application cycle at the moment just kind of starting off and you know it's interesting because I absolutely love studying and this is what year five of university now for me and I I love it and I wouldn't want to be doing anything else and the application process on top of kind of all the extra work that you've got to do all the work you've got to do for uni is is hard um Mm -hmm. but for me I've I am so lucky to have such a like supportive family who, you know, my dad obviously understands what it's like. And my mum is amazing as well. And her kind of motto for me, I guess, is you've just got to get one. You just, you just, all you need is a foot in the door somewhere. It's just Mm -hmm. one out of, you know, how many hundreds of applications or whatever you send in, you just need one to go your way. And I think, I know how much I enjoy it. I know how much I love it. I genuinely come home from my seminars, like happy, really happy. And I think, and it's a bit weird (laughs) and a bit nerdy maybe, but I think for me, that's what I, I know that it's all I want to do. It's what I want. And so that's what drives me forward is the knowledge that I, I could go, I could go elsewhere, but I genuinely think I wouldn't be, as happy in another job as I would being a solicitor and so you just got to keep going and and hopefully one of them as you say Rihanna one of them one of them will, will come through and once you get the knack and once you just realize that there is some sort of tact to it and some sort of structure you'll be able to hopefully find somewhere that will suit you and and what you know where you go will be perfect for you because if you didn't get somewhere else it's because it's not it's not right and that's that's what I've got to keep telling myself I think that's what everyone has to keep telling themselves really 
for sure. No, you two absolutely smashed it. Like, I don't know how much to actually contribute to that, but I, honestly, it's so hard to remember that everyone's living their movie, you know, everyone's going at their own pace, their own milestones. But then, you know, when the area of social media like, was a pandemic and everyone literally just like doom scrolling and being all so much more into people's lives than usual. For example, like a month ago, seeing everyone's like training contract offers, you know, just like, wow, everyone's doing amazing. Everyone's doing lucky. Like, why am I the only one going through trials and tribulations? But that, that's not the case. Like everyone has their own story, their own journeys, their own obstacles they're facing. And they're just not showing it and not seeing it. You know, everyone goes through rejection. And when you do face rejection, you do take it really personally because you're like, I threw my whole personality, I threw my whole being into this application. I spent hours, I went to open days, assessment centers. I networked till the cows came home. I was on Legal Cheat, their Instagram, and I saw a meme and it was like, how do you describe the worst part of your industry in like four seconds? And it was like, unfortunately, on this occasion, and it's like, everyone knows the same contract. And I was like, oh, personally, I felt that. I was like, oh. But you just got to remember that. Like as Hattie said, it literally just takes one, you know, you got to have your end goal, your ambition and your desire for what you want out of life in mind. And you have to realize, mm-hmm. as Louise did say, it's competitive and average age is 29, but that just goes to show how great the sector is, how people are so willing to, despite all that rejection, all the obstacles, they're still, even into their 30s, they're still driving home, trying to get that dream job because they're so passionate about wanting to help the world through this subject they've invested so much time in, you know? My dad used to always say, make your work, your play, you know, and that alleviates the burning a bit when you're like going through like your 10th application. You're just like, it's all right. Either one, I'm it's like leveling up in the video game. Like the more experience you get from rejection, it makes you better and you're polishing onto you get to that angle where you do get that one training contract, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree with, especially as well with what you guys just said about taking it personally. It's so hard yeah. to not let it, you know affect your mental health or put yourself down you've spent hours on this application and I remember I submitted an application and I got I think over the weekend and I got a rejection letter on the Monday and I just thought how have you even looked at it let alone like considered it and it was soul destroying it was it was it I had to pick myself back up and you think well what's wrong with me but the actual fact is the numbers and the, the, the fact that people are carrying on until they are 30, like you say, Daniel, goes to show we are all determined. And I think the the basis of, basis of why we do it is because we want to love what we do. And law gives us that opportunity to do that. And we know that that's going to keep us going and keep us determined. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't, you know, I did a VAC scheme last, last year and I was so thrilled to get onto this back scheme and thought like oh my god this is my opportunity and there was part of me and I don't know if you guys felt like this that was like this is it if I don't get this then yeah, the dream. then I'm done yeah. yeah and I didn't I didn't get it and I was absolutely gutted and I kind of same as you Rihanna just thought like why like I don't understand what more I could have done yeah. mm-hmm. um and you know, it does, it does, t- it completely does take it out of you a little bit, especially when, you know, especially having gotten that far, mm. it took it out of me. And part of me was like, why am I, why am I subjecting myself to this? But I started studying again and realized that, you know, as you guys said, there is such a drive for it. And during the pandemic, all my, you know, my friends were working and I was still studying. And there's that kind of, I, 
I looked at them and I was like, I want to work. I want to be happy. I want to enjoy what I'm doing just as much as they are. And maybe there's a couple of steps in between in between that for me. And maybe the route isn't quite as linear as I always thought it would be, but it's going to get there eventually. And, you know, I think that's what, what we got to take from this, I think. I mean, you've got your whole life ahead of you. And you exactly. You have three years to, to start your career. It's worth it. It's, and, it is worth you know, it. I will say, guys, the pain that you're going through will be worth it. It will make you <laughs> stronger people, better lawyers for having experienced a knockback, for having gone through all of these different assessment centers and interviews and all the prep that you're putting in. Um, you might feel like, oh, of what you know it's wasted but it's not it really isn't um it, it will benefit you in the long run um talking of resilience and overcoming hurdles all of you are the next generation of lawyers um you are going through uh, a very uh, turbulent time at the moment um so the route to becoming a lawyer is changing which we'll talk about in a moment um you are as Daniel pointed out, uh, going through the process during the era of social media, um, which is impacting everyone's kind of outlook on life and and it can impact mental health, as we all know. But the other thing that I just want to discuss is the pandemic. So this is a once in a generation um you know, health health issue that popped up last year in 2020. Um, and you've all been through it how did it interface with your legal career um, Hattie I'm going to start with you because I believe you were at university at the time sure. how was that I was yeah so I you, the pandemic happened in March and that was the March of my final year studying history uh, so I submitted my dissertation and my final exams from my kitchen table which um, was really difficult just in terms of kind of, I thought this is going to be, you know, when you're at university and your last exams and, and everything, I was so excited to have so many plans for summer and so much excitement and so much relief. Um, and like many people that kind of didn't really get to happen, which was a shame. Um, and then I moved up to Leeds to study the GDL at BPP. Uh, and that was a huge change, not just in terms of changing um, what I was studying, but changing cities as well and doing it online. And BPP used Adobe where we couldn't see people's faces when we were working online. So I found that I found that particularly difficult. Um, and yeah, I, def I definitely struggled. It wasn't, I, I was enjoying what I was learning. It was new, it was different. Um, part of me was kind of terrified and it felt like learning a new language. Law was kind of, there's like, you know, learning all these new words and I had no idea what offer and acceptance was and, and everything. So it was, it was interesting, but difficult. Um, and I've only really realized how much I missed out on having started the LPC and it being in person. And I think that's so interesting because had this year been online, I wouldn't have realised What do you think you missed out on? And, do you know, I, I missed out on 
it's not necessarily what I missed out on, but what I felt like I couldn't contribute. I, being in person has made me so much more confident and so much, I found it so much easier to speak up in seminars. And that's how I learn. I learn by talking, I learn by discussing um, and being able to sit with a group of people my own age who have done law and the GDL and being able to go, oh, I interpreted this statute like this and somebody else disagrees with me and frustrating to kind of discuss that. I find that's how I've learned. That's how I've, and that's why I've enjoyed the LPC so much so far. Whereas when we were online, nobody was willing to speak up. It was very much a like lecture situation almost when it shouldn't have been. We were being talked at and everybody quite often everybody was typing because people wouldn't want to talk so I think I just lost so much I, I think I could have been so much more confident last year and could have I, I definitely struggled in the first kind of three months of the GDL thinking I don't know anything I'm gonna I am rubbish at this I'm gonna fail and I think had I been in person perhaps I would have realized that actually everybody was mm-hmm. feeling like that but not being able to see other people's faces I I didn't know and now I feel so much more confident and it's it's such a breath of fresh air. And I it feel really particularly is. sorry for you, Hattie, because I went to university in Leeds <laughs> and you didn't get to go out. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't at all. <laughs> lectures, you didn't get to go down to Core Lane or, you know, go to all the clubs and get the kebab at three in the morning. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, we joke that my... um. My Leeds experience was the 200 metres from my house to the next door Sainsbury's um, to the co-op to the next Sainsbury's and back to my house again. So it was that was definitely a shame. But I had a I had a fantastic um, house. I had fantastic housemates who made made Leeds the best it could have been for me, I think, in terms of that social aspect. So. Yeah, I didn't. I I I actually feel like I didn't miss out on the social side of things so much, but I missed out on what my confidence and what my like I guess mental health could have been during that time had I had I interacted with with I don't know potential lawyers a bit more and stuff. That, if that makes sense. Definitely. Um, well, I hope you're planning a trip to Leeds again soon. Good. I am absolutely. <laughs> it's a very good night out. I can. That. I went. Uh, yeah, I went up to the hockey a hockey ball a few a few weeks ago and had an absolute blast. Um, and Daniel and Rihanna, I think you were both working last year. Is that right? Yes. Daniel, how how is that for you? Were you doing uh, paid work or were you doing uh, voluntary work? So it was interesting. It was basically. A mix of both. So I was in the same situation as Hattie where um, the pandemic really peaked at March 2020 and that's when I was just finishing my own law degree. And it was quite sad. I'm sure like you guys could relate to us. It was like there was no like closure to our degree or anything. Everything was kind of like thrown up into the air. Like we didn't know when we were getting our exams, our tutorials, how to learn the rest of the course, what we were actually going to do. And everyone was so unfortunate and uncertain about their futures because it was obviously at that time where people were like getting law internships and placements, assessment centers and things like that. And as we talked about the competitive and working so hard to even get to that point and have the pandemic taken away. And it was kind of quite heartbreaking, really. Um, so I volunteered at a place called Support for Recall. And that had many people who couldn't afford 
solicitors because legal aid got slashed and I did a whole dissertation about it because I was so passionate seeing it in real time and seeing all my friends and myself losing internships getting cancelled and so I accidentally became an entrepreneur um, over the summer <laughs> um, as everyone did with COVID but I wasn't on TikTok sadly so I couldn't capitalize on that um, <laughs> but um, it just goes to show how the power of networking and people you meet through the law can actually change your life because the other module, there were both placements that I did. And I worked with an assembly member called Neil McAvoy. And after I finished placement, we grew, we became really good friends. And he took me on and I was like, Neil, I've just graduated. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And he was like, Dan, I really loved having you on board. You did a great time with me on legal placement. Come do casework for me. Come to my office, do volunteering, do leafleting. And in September, I was helping him with his... um re-election campaign by leafleting and just two random people who were also helping him who I coincidentally just met that day like we were all just discussing like the ways of the world and just thinking like wow we can actually do something to tackle this because my dream was finding a platform where I could solve how um the people who were losing internships like myself like my fellow graduates who were in limbo not having work experience so to help them I also wanted to help people who I was supporting in charities I was volunteering for who can't have access to the firms because they can't afford it. But I also wanted to help the firms who couldn't afford to the resources to do that pro bono. And, you know, because they had to focus on themselves and their deals. And so we came up with an idea basically to create an online platform where we employ law students and graduates to actually do that paralegal work for the law firm, their resources, thus giving them legal work experience they missed because of the pandemic and also being able to support the most vulnerable in society. And we called it the National Community Law Project. And basically that's what I've been spending the past year doing whilst doing full-time work employment that I gained around about November last time. So it's just finding that balancing act, being able to focus on doing more, but also helping that future generation build on getting that experience through that the pandemic has taken away, just taking that window of opportunity with the cards we've dealt with. That's amazing. That was incredible. And a very tough act to follow. <laughs> Good luck, Rihanna. Oh, God. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. Um, wow. Like, round of applause to you, honestly. I'm in awe. Um, you use your time so wisely. And I think I was definitely in a different position from you guys because I did graduate in 2019. So, I did get the end of uni, I got my graduation and, you know, had it had it was that chunk of my life that I'd already gone and it was the next chunk that was definitely impacted by the pandemic. Um, I said earlier um, that I tried to go travelling. So I went travelling in March 2020. Oh, and oh, no. yeah, we can't we can't call it traveling. It was a holiday. It was a holiday to Thailand because we only, <laughs> I only really made it 10 days before I made the decision to come home. But I must say there is a silver lining because if I had stayed out there, I wouldn't have come home and started looking for work experience and eventually got this job. So I like, like you both said, like networking is so great because I met this girl on a law event. I think it was Legal Cheeks or um, a law fair event. And um, we started talking through LinkedIn and she put me in contact with Flex and said, you should really try these guys. They've always got loads of opportunities. And then eventually I got a position at a really small law firm called Burley Law. Um, and 
the owner was just lovely. He gave me so much exposure to different areas of the law um, and really opened my ideas. He inspired me and made me realise, oh, my God, this is what I want to do. Um, So I was there for about seven months and it was such a fortunate experience because it coincided with the pandemic and because we were such a small team I was able to get into the office during lockdown so I it wasn't that I was trapped at home on my kitchen table I'm so sorry um but um, <laughs> yeah it gave me that break from my mum and my sister um and I was able to go into the office and yeah it was it it was a blessing because it was almost like my undivided attention was given to it because you know, you couldn't do anything else. So it really helped me grow so much. Um, and I'll always be thankful. So yeah, definitely a silver, silver lining for me. Great. You're all so positive. Great. You're all good <laughs> attributes for future lawyers. Um, so I'm going to keep moving it forwards and talk a little bit about your plans heading towards qualification. Um, so as I mentioned before, you are really on that cusp of change at the moment. Um, the first SQE1 exam, I believe, is happening next month. Um, so it's a very, uh, you know, changing time for the legal sector. Um, SQE, love it or hate it? Hattie. Oh, God. I mean, I, I, I am in the fortunate position that I am midway through my LPC and so I will finish in August um and I'm kind of on that cusp of like I could either do the SQE2 and miss the SQE1 because I did my PGDL or I could if I get a training contract go straight into the training contract in two years time with my LPC and kind of just fast forward if that makes sense so I I'm very much on the fence about it and I have not spent as much time as I probably should have researching it because I missed the first phase of it. I have a few friends that had to choose this year whether they were going to do the PGDL or the SQE1 Um, and actually I think a few of them chose to do the, most of them chose to do the PGDL just because it's already it's like a well-known system, I guess. And the SQE is a little bit up in the air. Nobody really knows what's going on. Um, and I have a sister that was the kind of guinea pig year for the GCSEs and the GCSE numbering system. So I am probably less keen to be the first year group to, to, to do that sort of change. And I'm very much on the fence about the SQE. And I will be interested to see in the next few years how it how it goes. Um, and perhaps if I don't get a training contract um, for two years time, then the SQE2 will be my will be my chosen kind of route in. But at the, the moment, fence. I'm I'm on the fence. I'm not planning to do it, but it is in the back of okay. my mind. Yeah. OK, so I think we have a fan here, Daniel. Oh, okay, get the popcorn out. Here we go. <laughs> Greek right now. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely love the SQE um, 100% in theory, as Hattie said, and she's well right to have those thoughts where it's just that real unease, you know, being the year of like the guinea pig of it just rolling out. So like 
I distilled myself to want to do it long term in the future, but I specifically didn't sign up to do it this year because I really did just want to wait and see yeah. the other fun. Then we learn from all the lessons and the, and the mistakes and the positives and actually see how it can be rolled out and implemented. But that's something that I definitely in the back of my mind, the SQE, when I create, we founded my organization last year because I wanted to use that to be a pioneer of change. Because I, when growing up, I actually faced the hardship of trying to break into the legal sector because uh, like you, Rihanna, I didn't really actually have anyone to actually fall on for government or who were like directly just to reach out to be like, can you please tell me everything? I had to like climb up the ladder myself and earn. And so just seeing how it's opening along like people from like any degree, like um, for example, you had to, you did history, like literally you don't have to do a conversion anymore. You can literally just go like straight in and yeah. get the work experience. And I thought that was absolutely lovely, you know, and obviously in theory it's more cheaper and with how competitive training contracts is, I love the ability that allows wider society to get involved in the legal sector because now it's not strictly like law firms. You have to go through get your training contract, but like services like your local high street will now be getting more love because they do all QW. Your local citizens advice will have more people, more enthusiastic to get experience and that will help their clients. You need the vulnerable help, you know? So I think it's an overall benefit, but it's just seeing how it will be implemented going forward. Yeah, I think in I think in a couple of years we'll begin to see how beneficial it really has been because I completely agree the ability to kind of open up the legal profession to such a wide range of people is beneficial not just to kind of us but also to the firms. The firms should be aware of how important it is to have such a kind of diverse um, like trainee cohort. I think I'm just from a personal perspective having done the GDL it was like oh it's a bit nerve-wracking to jump straight into it (laughs) I completely agree and I I have to admit I haven't done enough research on it because leaving university I thought the traditional route being LPC would it be respected more is this you know the only option for me to feel like I've done the right route into law if that makes sense um but saying that um I mean things change and like you had the idea of a vacation scheme and it didn't lead to a training contract but it led to my job today and now I'm thinking okay I could try again for a training contract and potentially do the LPC but then I would be waiting two years to start that and it's that delay that I think yeah. mm-hmm. the SQE cut out it, it you can go I mean how much experience have you got Daniel you've probably got two years and you about <laughs> eventually I've probably got a year I'm like you you can just sit the exams and then do it but my only precaution is and this is with the limited knowledge I do know about the SQE is I don't know whether it's cheaper it is but I don't know whether it's as cost efficient as it's it was proposed to be and it needs I think it we need it needs to be explained better because I think looking into it a little bit it's okay here's two exams you don't have to go through the LPC you don't have to do any of that um you can just go and do your two exams but actually you need the prep courses um and how long do they take and you need the experience as well and I think law firms 
maybe smaller law firms have an opportunity now to you know give more volunteer work as opposed to pay what paid work so it's just balancing the pros and cons there mm-hmm. um and that's not from my personal experience I mean it's for students currently everyone's going to be saying yes come and come and work for us for free or or hopefully I would hope not but <laughs> um it's I don't know I'm very on the fence and I think it needs to be explained a, a lot more clearer um and promoted better mm-hmm. it's definitely um a bit of a hot potato still isn't it divides the nation mm-hmm. um hey <laughs> okay, so to wrap up um I would like to know what advice you would give to someone who is considering a career in law so perhaps someone who's at school and is thinking a bit further ahead. Rihanna, what would you say? Um, I guess mine would just be keep an open mind. And if it's something that you're intrigued about, um, definitely go and explore, visit, um, you know, the law fairs and talk to as many people as you can. And just remember that you don't have to do the conventional conventional route, especially now. Um, You can go and explore different options and always come back to it. But yeah, keep an open mind and it will find you if you're if you're meant if you're meant to go into it. What's meant to be is meant to be. Exactly. (laughs) Daniel. Well, I'd say enjoy the process, you know, achieve the destination, but enjoy the journey. You know, you're not going to have everything figured out, but make sure you have do your best. Find mentors. This is so important. Find people who have been there. Seek for guidance. Don't feel like you have to go through life on your own. Like the legal sector is vast, but everyone's interconnected, you know? So find people who believe in you, share in your vision and just go all the way with no regrets. You know? Very motivational. Hattie, how about you? Um, I would say it is not going to be easy, but it is well worth it. And perseverance is so important. And if you can keep going, it will, I think as Rihanna said, it will, it will find you. And if you can keep going, and if you love it, then that's all that matters because, because you need to enjoy what you're doing. And if you enjoy what you're doing, then, then it's perfect. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> really, that has been such an uplifting, positive um, discussion. <laughs> I feel truly motivated. Um, I feel remotely. I know. I'm not going to get my applications now. I'm ready. I'm ready now. <laughs> I needed that for a long day. It's so nice to know that everybody else is in like a similar situation as well. Because yeah, I think honestly. sometimes I feel like with my none of my friends have done law, and sometimes I feel like I'm the only one that feels this way. But it's really nice to hear yeah. that I'm not the only one. It's reassuring. <laughs> and I meet so many lawyers and like people in our position, and you can just build that connection, like because you get the process, you get what you've been through, and you automatically have things in common that it's so nice and it feels so reassured yeah it's nice i feel like i am speaking to three very successful future lawyers (laughs) all going to be amazing and keep going not that you need any tips from me um but really you know fantastic really enjoyed it on this very dark dreary evening uh that has really really cheered me up so thank you so much for your time um and i'm sure lots of listeners will also really appreciate everything that you've shared this evening so thank you very much that's thank you for having us so much been great host you 
Humans of Law is a podcast produced by Flex Legal, an award-winning online platform connecting interim paralegals and lawyers to the teams that need their support. Learn more about what Flex can do for you at flex.legal. Thanks for listening.